Good morning, everybody. It is Matt here on the Back Row Morning Show. Glad to have you with us. Coming up today, the hug heard around the world, plus the latest news, random facts, and more. But first, it is October 7th, and uh, I'm alone in the studio because, the, the well, the hits just keep on coming. Uh, as we were preparing <clears throat> to have our first full week back with, uh, with Mo and me both at the helm, a uh, lot of issues I can't really get into <laughs> happened uh, over on Mo's side of the world, and so we're uh, we're delayed a bit on that. We're still we're hopefully again aiming for next week now that she'll be back. But uh, I am going to do my best to bring you some solo episodes for these first four days. Of course, adding to that <laughs> the fact that uh, I just have come down with a, uh, a cold, a bit of a cold, and so now my voice is close to being shot. So I'm going to do what I can, and I'm going to do the best that I can, and hopefully bring you some interesting content uh, this week. So today, October 7th, is a bathtub day. I don't know if you like to take a bath. I don't, I've, I've never been a big fan of baths, unless it's like one of those jacuzzi tubs, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love me a jacuzzi tub. Sometimes I like book my hotel just, you know, based on the fact of whether or not they have a jacuzzi tub or not. Uh, bathtubs, though, I mean, it's like you're, it's, I mean, we all heard it. You're sitting in your own soup. It's just gross. Uh, it's National Flower Day. Get your, get your, well, I was about to say get your girl some flowers. But if it's like the flowers day, do we want to encourage, you know, cutting them up and Letting them slowly die on our counters. I don't know. I don't know. I don't say leave them be. Leave them be. Let them have a day to themselves. One day. To just live. Alright. And lastly, it's You Matter to Me Day. Which uh, I'm assuming is a day that you tell people who matter to you that they matter to you. So, do that. (laughs) Here's the news this morning. A shipment of digital Bibles is being distributed in Sudan. Voice of the Martyrs posted, Digital Bibles are easier for Christians in highly restricted environments because they are easier to hide. The shipment contains digital Bibles in Sudanese, Arabic, and English on memory cards ready for delivery into Sudan, totaling 12,700 cards with both translations. <clears throat> uh, at a previous church we were at when we lived in Albuquerque, we, we were involved in... in in a, uh, I guess it was more of a fundraiser, but it was specifically for this. They were they were digital Bibles that you could uh, plug in to a computer, or a laptop. It was like a USB, and it would pull up the whole Bible. But it also kind of worked. It almost even looked like the original iPod Shuffle. Remember, it was just kind of like a little white, a tiny white brick, and it had the little click wheel on it. That's, that's kind of what this was, too. It had like a small screen and a click wheel. So it was like an MP3 player for the Bible as well. Uh, so you could have the audio version of the Bible. And if you plugged it in, you could have the you know a written version on your computer, which I thought was brilliant. And it really is a lot easier to hide something like that than it is like a full book or even just a, uh, a you know, like a Gideon's New Testament. It's hard to hide that sometimes uh, when you're being searched uh, your home's being searched or whatever, thing like that. So this is a fantastic, fantastic ministry, fantastic uh, way to spread the gospel. 
So if this comes around in your area, find a way to support that. Uh, number two, the American Humanist Association, a nonprofit group that advocates for humanist atheists and other non-theistic Americans, has accused the Griffin-Spalding school system in Georgia of hosting unconstitutional school prayer activity for student-athletes. But the school district says the students have been leading their own prayer and they have a constitutional right to do so. The group announced on Monday that their legal team sent a warning letter stating a concerned parent informed them that the high school hosted a prayer breakfast and sermon for football players provided by Griffin First United Methodist Church. A statement from Griffin Spalding County School System to WSB-TV confirmed that they received the AHA's letter but insist no laws were broken. This is something that <clears throat> I remember happening even when I was in high school, which is now what gosh uh several years ago <laughs> i can't even calculate that at this time of the day uh but anyway near i mean nearly half my life ago i was in high school and this was something that popped up it was always like one angry person one angry person decides to make a a, a, a scuff about something because they they cannot stand the idea of Jesus being mentioned in public. But the way this is set up is this is clearly the way that it's it's uh, allowable in that this is a voluntary thing. No one's forcing these kids to be there. These kids have set up this whole meeting by themselves. And we had that thing happening at our high school where we were <clears throat> we were actively trying to, you know, start our own like little before school Bible studies and things like that. And we had teachers that weren't leading it or anything that just wanted to be in attendance. And even that was too much because even them standing there apparently was the school system as a whole approving of this. And I just, I don't understand. We live in a world where everybody else is telling Christians, let us live our lives. Uh, just why, why aren't we afforded that same <laughs> But of course, when you compare that to uh, the story that we just had about, you know, the, the Sudan, the Sudanese people who are struggling even to hide a Bible, you know, it, it seems in comparison, not that bad here. But it is it is a bit frustrating. It is a bit frustrating that, uh, you know, we can't even meet by ourselves if it's in public. It's strange. Uh, lastly, is the so-called Christian right driving liberals away from religion? A new 538 analysis of recent studies suggests that it is. Researchers Amelia Thompson-DeVoe and Daniel Cox say new data confirmed what a paper suggested in 2002, that distaste for the Christian right's involvement with politics was prompting some left-leaning Americans to walk away from religion. That, in turn, helped explain why a percentage of Americans who identify as non-religious was increasing. <clears throat> this is a bigger topic for another day, but uh, I, I have no doubt that this is true. Uh, I feel like, especially, especially like in a situation right now where we're having to be so, uh, where well, where conservatives are having to be so defensive of somebody who isn't even really that great, and I don't know if you could truly call him a, a, a Christian or not. Uh, but I mean, to, to be so, to be so political and yet not really be able to justify it in our religion 
and yet we still have to try and tie that to our religion, the political and religion aspects of our social identity. It's uh, it's off-putting the longer and longer this goes on. And, yeah, I can totally see why left-leaning Christians would be off-put by that. You know, would be off-put by religion. But again, this comes down to the fact that that's a personal choice. And if you yourself can't distinguish the difference between your personal relationship with Christ and some corporate uh, version of of uh, conservative Christians, you know, some, some corporate mindset that we hear about on the news and whatnot, if you can't distinguish the difference between that, if that is enough to make you leave, if, if, if you don't have the Holy Spirit inside of you telling you, you know, the truth and telling you to stay, if you're not listening to that and you're deciding I'm just going to walk away from religion, honestly, that at that point is your fault because you are the ultimate uh, decider on whether or not you're going to be devoted to Christ or not. If you let the faults and flaws of other Christians determine how you're going to react to Christ, that's uh, at that point, that's on you, pal. You got to be better. You got to choose to be better. You got to choose to do it the way you think God is leading you to do. And so honestly, I think at that point, at that point, it's not really the attitudes and ideas of conservative Christians who are too into politics that are driving liberal Christians away. I honestly think it's the biblical ideals that liberal Christians might not agree with that are driving them away things that they can't really refute biblically because they're all in there so again that's a that's a bigger topic for a bigger day we'll probably touch on that in the future but that is the news coming up next hour grace from tragedy but for now it is manic monday here on back row radio so we're going to kick off this block of music with three of the louder christian songs that we've got in our rotation stick around we'll be back at the top of the hour Hey, have you heard? We're so glad that you're listening to the Back Row Morning Show in its podcast form. But we hear there's actually an entire radio station that plays some amazing Christian music throughout the show and all day long. We've heard and now you have too. Join us at BackRowRadio.com and stream online or download our free app for iPhone and Android. Back Row Radio, Christian music in every flavor. Okay, so when I go in there for judgment, I need how many points to get into heaven? 1,000. Should be, no problem. I was a good husband, how many points do you think I'll get for that? Oh, two. Two? Well, how much for being a doctor? Now, I saved lives. Hmm, three points. That's it? What about the time I ran into that burning house to save a kitten? That was good. And? Two points. But I could have died. Two points. I banked a lot on that stupid cat. I'm sorry. So, to get into heaven, I need... 1,000 points. And I have... Seven. It's time for you to go in now. Now, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm a pretty good fellow. If all I get is seven points, how does anyone get into heaven? They don't take the test. What? 
Now, why not? Because they know they don't meet God's standards. Then how do they get into heaven? They've asked Jesus to take the test for them. They get in on his score, not theirs. Are you putting your faith in what you can do or accomplish? Or are you putting your faith in God? Welcome back to the Back Row Morning Show here on Back Row Radio. It's the second hour, and we're glad to have you with us. It's just me, just Matt, here in the studio today. Let's jump into five random facts. Number one, in 2017, Neymar Jr. became the most expensive soccer player in history after Paris Saint-Germain paid £222 million to transfer him from Barcelona. For the equivalent of one Neymar, you could buy 1,051 tickets to space on Virgin Galactic. Number two, the average American spends about $7,000 more than their budget allows every year, according to a 2019 poll. Number three, optimists tend to live longer than pessimists. Well, I mean, I feel like that is an obvious one. They tend to get sick less often and recover more quickly as well. Number four, if you're having trouble remembering something, close your eyes. Closing your eyes when trying to recall events increases the chances of accuracy, according to researchers at the University of Surrey. And lastly, white chocolate doesn't actually contain any chocolate. Moving on to the news, Americans need to move more. That's the main takeaway from a recent study that shows U.S. adults spend more time sitting today than they did 10 years ago. In 2008, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services released physical activity guidelines for adults. The guidelines recommended adults aim for 150 minutes of moderate intensity, uh, moderate to intense, no, 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 I'm sorry, I was right, moderate intensity, thought I wrote it wrong. 150 minutes of moderate intensity physical activity per week or 75 minutes of vigorous intensity uh, activity each week. The study looked at National Health Survey data from 2007 to 2016 to determine whether Americans' activity levels changed since the new guidelines were put into place. Results showed no change in America's activity level despite the new recommendations. In fact, the study shows our time spent sitting each day has actually increased. And I feel like that makes sense. Um, I mean, of course, we struggle to exercise, um, a lot of us, and I get that. But the fact that the, the sitting each day has increased makes more and more sense because we are getting more and more things uh, automated. So many things are, are easier to do without even having to lift a finger. I thought about this last night. Uh, I was sitting in my bed, and we have like a little Echo Dot, you know, sitting right there in the in the deck next to us, and, and, and our light, our lamp in there has one of the, you know, Wi-Fi-enabled bulbs in it. And so I'm I'm like three feet from this lamp. I would have to get up slightly off the edge of the bed to turn the lamp off myself. But instead I sit there and said, you know, Echo, turn off the bedroom light. 
And I saw, and I, as I sat there and I said that last night, for some reason, this was the first time it's happened because I've done it every night for the last year. Is this seems really lazy? <laughs> I thought maybe I should just get up and change it. And then I thought, well, no, if I do that, then it'll turn the Wi-Fi thing off if I click it off, you know, manually, and so I won't be able to turn it back on without having to do it manually. But then when you turn the power off, you still have to say. It's yeah, it's a whole mess. It's set up now to where it's voice activated, and it's the same thing with you know pretty much all the things Alexa can do, and they're coming out with more and more things every year. I think they came out with a ring, and they're coming out with glass frames. <coughs> Pardon me, there, uh, glasses frames that act as a like an Alexa that's with you all the time. Uh, I'm trying. I'm trying not to say Alexa really loud because I don't want it to set off anybody's. Alexa at home, uh, Echo at home. So, yeah, I mean, I completely get how we're sitting more and more. It's becoming a more and more computerized society. We're becoming, I mean, even back to the futures version of the future, you had to get up and do stuff, you know? It was like you had more things at your fingertips when you were sitting down, sure, but, you know, things weren't just done for you. It wasn't some wireless world. Uh, so it was very... Yeah, I get it. I get it. Our main topic today is a little bit of a somber one. Um, I, I, I doubt that you are unaware of this story, but just in case, we'll uh, do a bit of a, a recap here. Last year, a, uh, a Dallas police officer, uh, Amber Geiger, had been uh, coming off of a very long shift. Uh, on duty, came to her apartment complex, parked uh, on the wrong floor. She parked, I think, one floor up and didn't realize it. Walked the same path that she always walks, but on the wrong floor. Went to what she thought was her apartment, door open, went inside, saw Botham Jean, uh, a black man who lived in that apartment, she thought that he was an intruder. Uh, tired and freaked out as she was, she made the grievous mistake of pulling out her gun, demanding that he, you know, surrender himself there, you know, raise his hands and get on the ground and all that. Both of them, Obviously, you know, disoriented of what was happening here, confused, not knowing what the heck was going on, why this woman, why this cop was in her, was in his apartment, busted into his apartment, and was now threatening him with a gun. Didn't respond right away, because I'm assuming, like any of us, he was too shocked in the moment of what was happening. And Amber uh, fired and, and killed both of them, John. <clears throat> uh, I mean, as far as mistakes go, this is about as bad as you can get. And it's a story that... 
has been polarizing. Because I know in America we have this this uh, this ongoing struggle with. I mean, I'm trying to I'm trying to put it as as non-biased in any direction as I can, but but uh, there's there's a belief that there's a problem with white police officers being overly aggressive with unarmed uh, black men and women. And, uh, you know, we've seen several of these instances come up over the past several years, and uh, some of them, many of them, I think, uh, seem off, seem, seem too aggressive too quick, uh, seem like that there should have been a lot more done before deadly force was used. Uh, then there are others where it seems like that might have been the only decision that that officer had at the time. Uh, but nevertheless, this is an issue, one that no matter where you land on that side, if you're a believer, one that you need to be sensitive towards. <clears throat> In this case, though, this case, I feel was just different. Now, did she have did she have a uh, 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 preconceived notion about uh, black people? I don't know. They said that there were some tweets that that implied that she might have been slightly uh, racist. I I don't know. Her her co officers that are black didn't seem to think that way. It was just a bad bad misunderstanding. That went the worst possible way it could go. That's how I see it. But it was both of them that lost his life. Wasn't doing anything wrong. Wasn't being aggressive. He was, I think he was eating cereal in his own home. All the misunderstanding happened on Iger, uh, Amber Geiger's part. And so she has to be responsible for that. And so. It's been a while. I think it's been about a year since that happened. And they finally came to the decision. The jury. The jury chose. uh, Well, the jury, you know, made the conviction and chose the punishment, essentially. Uh, The jury found her guilty of murder. Because she admitted that was her intent when she fired. And sentenced her to 10 years. I watched an interview this morning of uh, two of the jurors. Now that the case is closed, they're able to talk about it. uh, The jurors, one was a white man, one was a black woman. uh, Just in case that matters to you. And uh, they both were talking about the the decision they came to. The the prosecuting attorney was trying to get 28 years, which is how old both of them, John, would have turned this year. 28 years in prison for Amber. And the jury decided on 10. Because they honestly believed this was different. This was different than all those other cases. This was a mistake. And she is remorseful. Completely remorseful. We've seen all these other cases. And I guess that's the bigger issue. Uh... 
the bigger injustices that we've seen these cases where white police officers have been charged with murder with with excessive force or, or something like that uh in these cases that we've heard of in the past few years and it seems like every single time they walk away with nothing like they go back to their job they don't they don't have any punishments or or uh, anything to deal with after that and that feels like a uh that feels like an injustice in many of those cases. And like I said, not all of them. Some of them seem pretty justified, but in many of those cases, to not even, to not even like, I don't know, be suspended or something, to 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 be fired. I mean, we do maybe not just go to jail, maybe just lose your job or something. To not even have any of that, to just like, nah, it was fine, and go back. That can be disheartening. But again, the juror said that this this wasn't like that. She was remorseful. She knew she messed up. She knew that this was on her. And so that changed their ideals. That changed the way they looked at this. (coughs) And they said that it was more... uh, Well, it was confirmed more for them that they made... uh, the best decision they could here when Botham Jean's brother got up onto the stand and shared from his heart uh, after the sentence had been read on uh, leave the day that she was supposed to be surrendered. Uh, so we're going to talk about that a little bit more. Talk about the controversy that's kind of surrounding that in the next hour. So stick around for that. Uh, when we come back, we're going to examine the hug that was heard around the world. Uh, but for now, it's Manic Monday still, so we're going to kick back to uh, some more music. And we're going to kick that off with three of the louder Christian songs here on Back Row Radio. Glad that you're with us. Stick around. We'll be back at the top of the hour. Backrow Radio is a commercial-free ministry that is partially funded by our Patreon donors. If you like what we do here at Backrow Radio and you'd like to support us financially, please visit patreon.com slash backrowradio. Welcome back to the Back Row Morning Show here on this Monday morning. Glad to have you with me, Matt, here in the studio by myself. 
Uh, we've got a bit of a news before we get back into our main topic. Dozens of troubled men and women are undergoing awe-inspiring transformations thanks to a team of former Crips and Blood gang leaders who are determined to put a stop to the violence in their communities. Atong Lucky, who used to be the leader of the Bloods in Dallas, Texas, is now one of the founders of Original Gangsters United, OGU, an initiative that recruits former gang members to be mentors and ambassadors to other young people trapped in the cycle of street violence. He was inspired to form the organization after he was released from prison following his own struggles with street violence. He then began working with opposing gang leaders to form peace, and it worked. Uh, very inspiring stuff. Very amazing stuff. Um, I've had a bit of firsthand uh, interaction with, with some of these groups before. And it's just the transformation is the big thing. It's very cool. Very cool. So getting back to our topic from the first hour, <clears throat> we've been talking about the uh, Amber Geiger case that uh, just came to a close last week with uh, a sentence of 10 years charge of murder, uh, being guilty of murder, 10 years in prison, which uh, I believe is possible that she'll be up for parole in five years. I'm not entirely sure. Um, But I know that there are some people that are not happy with that decision, that it wasn't enough. Uh, Some people are fine with that decision. And then there are some people that don't believe she should go to jail based on the fact that this was a mistake. As terrible as it was, it was a mistake. Uh, I'm not sure that that's appropriate. I believe, you know, she took a life. She does have to pay for that somehow. And uh, there's really no other way. But we... uh, in a, in a clip that went extremely viral, which I'm sure most of you listening have already seen, Brant Jean, uh, Botham's brother, got up and spoke uh, to the courtroom and to Amber directly uh, after the sentence was already uh, laid out. And uh, I just want you to hear what he said. Let's go ahead and play the clip. I don't want to... say twice or for the hundredth time what you've or how much you've taken from us I think you know that but I just I hope you go to God with all what, all the guilt, all the thing, the bad things you may have done in the past, each and every one of us may have done something that we're not supposed to do. If you truly are sorry, I know, I can speak for myself, I, I forgive you. And I know if you go to God and ask him, he will forgive you. And I don't think anyone could say it. Again, I'm speaking for myself, not even bad for my family. But I love you just like anyone else. 
not gonna say I hope you rot and die just like my brother did, but I see I I personally want the best for you. And I, I wasn't gonna ever say this in front of my family or anyone, but I don't even want you to go to jail. I want the best for you. Because I know that's what that's exactly what both of them would want you to do. And the best would be give your life to Christ. I'm not going to say anything else. I think giving your life to Christ would be the best thing that both of them would want you to do. Again, I love you as a person. And I don't wish anything bad on you. I don't know if this is possible, but can can I give her a hug, please? Please? Yes. So you can hear the pain, but the sincerity in his voice. And this is something that Mo and I have talked about a few times before. It's this, this ability to forgive that we as as regular just human people don't really have the capacity to do we are 100% for justice we want justice not grace not forgiveness when it comes to other people it's only when we've received that grace that forgiveness from god from jesus that we can finally start to deliver that that undeserved grace to others. And I feel like that's exactly what was being done here. Now this has raised a lot of controversy. I've seen a lot of people, some even some of my friends online, who, who think that he shouldn't have been allowed to say that, or that he shouldn't be forgiving her for what, what she did. Uh, I've seen some people say that, you know, the oppressed are always uh, conditioned to forgive the oppressors, which, I don't know, that seems a bit too bleak in this situation. Because it's not like his forgiveness let her off the hook. His forgiveness didn't, you know, free her from her sentence. I'm willing to bet his forgiveness was more for him than it was for her. Letting go of any anger that he has. And that's typically what it is. It's about doing our part when we forgive others. It's about as far as it depends on us living Christ-like. But I sat there and as I watched, number one, you heard the pain in his voice when he asked to hug her. You know, he first said, you know, I don't know if this is possible, but can I give her a hug, please? And then that second please came, and you heard in that second please a, a begging tone. Please let me give this woman a hug. And watching that happen, watching that hug take place on camera as she sobbed into his shoulder, 
And as he whispered encouragement in her ear, the brother of the man that she killed. If nothing else, that is the moment that she's going to remember for the rest of her life. That is going to be the testimony in her brain of Botham Jean. That hug from Botham's brother. That forgiveness. That's going to if anything's going to help her survive in prison, that moment's going to be the catalyst. That moment might bring her to Christ. And I think, just as Brand said, that is the most important thing. That would be the best thing to come out of the situation. Now, I don't know Amber Geiger. I don't know her situation. I don't know her religious beliefs. But I do know that she's never going to forget that moment. So many of us are never going to forget that moment. I never killed anybody, but I knew what it was like to be in that, that chair of being accused for something that I did do. I know what it's like to feel absolutely worthless and like you've destroyed your life. And then I know what it's like to be forgiven by the people that you hurt. And so in this situation, where she's being forgiven for the accidental murder, or not uh, mistaken murder, I guess, not an accidental, but mistaken murder of both of them, John. This is going to affect her for the rest of her life, but it could have destroyed her. And I think this is going to save her. And this is going to be a legacy that is brought forth from Botham. This will be a ripple that he has left behind. It is awful that he lost his life. And there is no justification that is good enough But from what we're told, he was a believer. And he had a heart for others. And his bro brother Brandt is the same way. And so if his brother says that both of them would have wanted her to come to Christ and to live her life better for him, I believe that. It's a hard situation all around. And there are hurt, hurts in the hearts of this nation, especially in black America, black communities. Because of everything that's been going on, because of everything in the last few years with cops, all these stories that we've heard. But I beg you to look at this one as different. I beg you to see this as a different story. 
because it really truly is different. The jurors thought so, many of whom were people of color. But this was different. This was a different story. This was not what we've heard through the, for all the different stories of, of, of cops killing black people. This is not the same. <coughs> Pardon me. And for those of you out there who are hurt by someone, no matter how difficult that forgiveness is for you to get to, if you're a believer, that's what you have to strive for. God forgave you. You need to forgive others. I know that many of you might have been hurt by someone in your past uh, terribly. You might have been abused. I'm not saying that you have to go to their house and tell them that you forgive them. I'm saying that as as far as it depends on you, you need to be in that mindset. You don't have to confront them, but you do need to let it go. Surrender that to God. Get to a point where that anger, that grudge, that pain is not driving you anymore. Not living rent-free in your brain. Because all that's doing is allowing them to hurt you again and again and again. Get to a point of forgiveness. Get to a point of peace. Even if they don't deserve it. Even if everybody's telling you not to forgive them. Even if you're afraid of what other people would think. Because this is about your state of mind. The condition of your heart. The condition of your faith in action. Love. Forgive. That's going to wrap up today's story. Uh, stick around. We'll be back at the end of this hour to close out the show. Saturday morning cartoons. Six hours of classic Christian rock, rap, and pop every week at 8 a.m. Eastern. Only on Radio. Back row morning show as we close out the show for the day. We got your Bible verse and thought for the day. Bible verse for the day is Psalm 63:1. You, God, are my God. Earnestly I seek you. I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you in a dry and parched land where there is no water. 
Your thought for the day comes from Dr. Tony Evans. There are two answers to every question, God's answer and everyone else's. And when those two disagree, everyone else is wrong. (laughs) Thanks for joining us today. Uh, Well, me. Thanks for joining me today. Uh, I will be with you uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday of this week as well. Uh, Beginning 7 a.m. Eastern, 4 a.m. Pacific with an encore at 10 Eastern and 7 Pacific. We're here every Monday through Thursday, hopefully, Uh, (laughs) moving forward. Uh, Then this Friday, we will be airing the final episode of You're My Friend and I Trust You with Donnie and Jordan, so you don't want to miss that. Uh, podcast of today's show is, or all of our shows, are available the afternoon after they air, so you can hear today's show again this afternoon. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Backrow Radio. Join our laughter-inducing Facebook community, Backrow Baptist Church, by going to brbchurch.com. That is it for the show. I'll be back tomorrow. I hope you will, too. Final word, forgive others, man the only way to peace in your own heart that's it for today's show if you need us i'll be in the back bye